the beginning of that 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 kind of almost pretentious era. Yeah, fucking. They they just bought a thorith. Oh, I can't even say thorith. They bought a thorith. Like sound like Mike Tyson over here. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different album from a different band or artist and we break it down. We do all the research we could possibly do. We find out all the secrets about these records and these bands that nobody knows except for us and we reveal all the secrets. So, uh, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away. Way out there, neither is Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And thank you all for listening. Anybody who's listened for a long time or for one or two episodes, thank you, thank you. Reach out to us. Um, fight with us. Because, um, uh, I don't know, the, just do that. Be the, nice to the, us. So, the, the. yeah, let's... What, fucking Jeff, I don't even know. What, what, what are we doing today? Shut your mouth and open your eyes. AFI formed in Ukiah, California in 1991 by Davey Havoc on vocals, Adam Carson on drums, Mark Stoffelis on guitar, and Vic Chalker on bass. They currently have 11 full-length records, 9 EPs, 3 splits, 1 live record, and have sold several million copies worldwide. But the album we're doing today is Shut Your Mouth and Open Your Eyes. It's the band's third record, and it came out November 11th, 1997. It features Davey Havoc on vocals, Adam Carson on drums, Mark Stoffelis on guitar, Hunter Bergen on bass, and truly is a hidden gem within their discography. Now, Jeff, what are your, uh, what's your origin story with AFI? 
and your initial thoughts on this record. Shut your mouth and open your eyes. Go. Did you just change like your tone or something? Did you move a button or a no, knob? Why? Oh. You, no. You sounded, Am I you louder sounded, or what? Your tone was 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 kind of f- like flat, then it kind of swelled in at the at the end there. It was mm-hmm. just the internet catching up. I don't know. Maybe my first, uh, my first, my origin story with 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 the AFIs is Kazaa. I don't know how. I don't know why, but uh, very proud of you was the first album that I downloaded. Uh, I, I this is what I think happened mm-hmm. because, like you said earlier, when you were downloading back then, you kind of didn't even know what you were downloading, and you could download a song. That was called fucking Bohemian Rhapsody, but in actuality, it was Smoke on the Water. And you wouldn't know unless you really knew the song because people were idiots or just complete douchebags and and named things wrong. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think happened. I think I was downloading Less Than Jake because when I look at my iPod, some of the songs on the Less Than Jake are misnamed. And mm-hmm. aren't even by Lesson Jake. Like there's a Dropkick Murphy song that I downloaded that said it was by Lesson Jake. So I think, I think I ended up downloading a song called Al's War, but it was an AFI song. But it wasn't supposed to be an AFI song. It was supposed to be like a Lesson Jake song. I think that's what it was. Okay. But I could be misremembering everything. I don't know. So yeah, I, I think it was like by accident I stumbled upon. Very proud of you. But it was it was the Yurf render render murder murder the Yurf song <laughs> that was like the first yeah. song that I I ever heard by AFI and I didn't like that song that much it's okay it's fine um I but I I it's it's okay it's not the rest at all but that I I ended up downloading the rest of Very Proud of You and then I didn't listen to AFI again until like God called and sick today and then I liked that song a lot but then I really didn't go back and listen to all of AFI. Until Sing the Sorrow. Okay. So, but that was only because of like high school and, and some of the people I hung out with in high school early on, like the Hubbard brothers. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. they were, they were big into like the black sales stuff. And then they like, uh, Sing the Sorrow. So that's, I don't know, that's like kind of my origin story with AFI. But Shut Your Mouth, I didn't listen to or like even until many years after that, even. Because after December Underground came out, I took a break. Until like we start doing the pod, <laughs> <laughs> I took a break. Yeah, I was. I think honestly, I think until like we did the pod, is when I went back and listened to it again. Because other than that, I was just very proud of you and Black Sales. And then when mm-hmm. we did, we started doing the pod again. That's when I went back and listened to everything else. And so like five years ago, because like we we literally just celebrated our five year anniversary. Yeah, like five days ago. So. Yes. Yeah, we're five years into this pod. Five years deep, baby. That's fucking nuts. I know. Our our pod's starting kindergarten right now. It's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> they grow up so fast. They do. Oh, and boy, how how we have grown as a podcast. Yeah. Because oh yeah yeah as a podcast. <laughs> like because the first like 150 episodes are no longer available, and uh, and yeah so and and going back and listening to those first like any of those first like 20 episodes are rough. Very rough. They're they're like a um, they're like a band, you know, when they're like rehearsing and stuff. Those are those are <laughs> those are our, our rehearsals. Except some of those bands end up being really good, or some of those bands are really good even back then. But we were not very good back then. The the, it's rough. the feeling it's rough. was there. It's just the execution wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. It's a little rough. A little rough. 
But yeah, that's that's I I, dude, I didn't listen to Shut Your Mouth for. I don't think I even maybe even ever listened to it until we started doing the pod. So mm-hmm. it was it was always Black Sails, Sing the Sorrow, and Very Proud of You. I mean, again for like the longest time, like Very Proud of You. I've I I I was singing that praises for fucking a decade. Yeah, and and then you would make fun of me all the time for listening to AFI. Even when we went and saw AFI that one time, you were just making fun of me. Oh yeah, because they're a stupid band. They are a very <laughs> stupid band. And if they would, damn, if they would just have a little bit more fun, I think they could be so much better. But whatever. But yeah, man, yeah. that's the first time I listened to Shut Your Mouth. I guess I was I was very happy. I don't know. It's a good transition between, like we said in the rankings, or kind of straightforward skate punk stuff, mm-hmm. and then a little more of the in-depth music that they'll get into. But it it still didn't take itself too seriously. And yeah, right. even even this week, like I I expected just very flat lyrics and very not much to get into. Which I don't think they're very deep, but there's a lot of topics that they covered that I did not think they were going to cover. True, and he has a way with words too. I really like his lyrics a lot on this one. Yeah, he. I mean, it's it's a very, it's very somber, and melancholy, mm-hmm. but um, it's no, it's good. I don't know. That, that's all I got. You can you can go ahead. Okay, continue this. All right, my my origin story. If you didn't listen to the album rankings, my origin story with this band is through my cousin. Like a lot of these early bands were, they were through him because he's a couple years older than me, and uh, and yeah, he had Black Sails in the Sunset on a burn CD. And the first song I heard was Melius Maleficarum. This is like right before this, maybe like a month or two before art of drowning came out. And, uh, and I loved it. I just, I loved that Melius Maleficarum song. I tried to convince him to give me the CD, the burn CD. And he said, I mean, he just refused to do it because he was a big AFI fan at the time and Tiger Army fan. And, and then, so I eventually like a month or two later, I went to Best Buy and they only had one AFI CD there and it was the art of drowning. It had just come out. I bought that. And I remember being slightly disappointed because it wasn't what I wanted because it wasn't what I heard from black sales because black sales and art of drowning are very different. And, but then I just, I mean, I ended up in the end, like after like a few days, I just loved the art of drowning. I could not get enough of it. Could not get enough of that. The album artwork, the music, just everything about it, it was just so unique and so different from everything I was into at the time. Because it was like all new metal for me. It was corn. It was Limp Bizkit, Slipknot, Snot, um, Static X. It was just all those new metal bands with like Metallica and shit too. But yeah, I mean, listening, hearing AFI for the first time was just just blew my mind. You know, the closest thing I'd ever got to it was Nirvana, and even that is a huge. You know, it's widely different from AFI, early AFI, and yeah. So that that's that was my that was my origin story with it, and with that, and then shut your mouth and open your eyes. I hadn't heard that until I once again I was I think I might have gone to Tower Records. I think it was Tower, or maybe it was the Warehouse. It was the Warehouse in in Yorba Linda, and I went there to and I saw I saw that there was a small AFI section. And I came across Shut Your Mouth and Open Your Eyes. Never seen it before. And this is like the early days of the internet. So like there wasn't a lot of information on anything or anything that that like kind of obscure like AFI was at the time. So I, I had no idea that this record existed. I just thought the album cover was super cool. I'd never heard of it before. So I picked it up. This is like early freshman year. So probably like this is like late 2001, I'd say. And I picked it up and I threw it on my CD player when I got home and I, hmm. I, I was floored. 
I couldn't, I never heard anything so raw and so, just so aggressive in my entire life. It, it just, it blew my mind just from the get go. This was the moment I heard this record. This was my favorite AFI record. Never, there was, I mean, cause at this point I had already heard, I hadn't heard answer that or very proud of you up to this point. I had only heard black sales and art of drowning and then shut your mouth like in two, late 2001. And I just was just, I couldn't believe it. And then ex-girlfriend of the pod, Jessica, I showed this, I showed it to her too. And she, she was more into like some 41 blink, like more pop punky stuff. And, and then when I showed her this, she was just blown away by it too. And she became super obsessed with AFI. She went out and like somehow got a burn copy of answer that. And that was her favorite record. My favorite record was shut your mouth. And we just all, we, we just listened to so much AFI for months. That was like our band was AFI. And just, so I have all these crazy, just nostalgia, this, all this crazy nostalgia with the band and this record. And it's wild. It's a wild record. Just even taking the nostalgia out, there's no AFI record that truly has this kind of grittiness and just grossness to it. It's a, it's a, it's crazy. So, and it was a true, it was a true transition for the band as well, but I'm sure we'll get more into that. So, so yeah, that's my origin story. That's my, my initial thoughts on shut your mouth. So do we have any stinkers on this record? No. Agreed. No stinkers. Of course not. So, then what is your biggest banger or should we or should we get into third season first since we already played it? Yeah, get into third season first. It's not my biggest banger. Um it is yeah, my I fuck, I lost it. My fifth banger. It's my five B. It's my seven B, but okay. All right. So um, then what what do you got on this one? I don't know. I, I've I've I always like I, I like a symbol count in, but mm-hmm. when you do that you got to throw down after that, right? You you got to throw down. You got to be quick. You got to be aggressive. You got to come in hard. But then I also like too when when bands throw down a simple count in and then don't do that. They don't go right into some fast punk song, and they just they let it groove. And this is a groove song, and it's really weird to think that like these punkers, you know, you go one, two, three, four, and then groove. That's bizarre. <laughs> it's weird. It is. Yeah. It's unheard of. Like it's it. the outlier. It's the outlier on the record. It it breaks up the the. It gives you like a a a breather on the album because it's just it's so aggressive before and after this song, but this song is it's like it's half the speed of every other thing, and it's just like you said it. It's just it's it's so so much looser and almost gro- and it's groovier too. Yeah, it's it's a cool song. It's an interesting song. It's an outlier though for sure. It, it it kind of reminds me too, almost like like oi music, like the the haze and yeah. in the in, in the gonna take you by like that part, and the <laughs> yeah, subsequent it's haze, cool, yeah. you know like the oi oi, but they're just saying hey now because they're punkers. I I, I like that. I, I I can get behind that. Everybody can get behind that kind of easily, and it's not mm-hmm. goofy like oi music is or can be, and it's uh it's still I don't know it's still punk and it's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And then coming I'm, off I'm like, let it be broke. Like, damn, like that's <laughs> like, you can't come off, let it be broke without limping and hobbling. And this is really like the only way this is the only song that could have done it. That could have po- properly come after let it be broke. You, you just, you kind of summed it all up perfectly with the count ins and it's being slower and the, the always like you, I mean, honestly, you've, you've musically, you've just, you've, 
broken it down perfectly because there's there's nothing else to talk about it's it's yeah, great it's, lyrically it's really good too but like that like so like lyrically this uh, about change a, a transformation type of thing oh like lyrically yeah right is that what mm-hmm. is that what you got going on here like the third season uh, as it relates to weather uh, being like fall right changing from summer to winter that's kind of like AFI's so, thing is they're constantly changing you know the yeah, first two albums I mean, being like summer straightforward easy lighthearted and then winter coming into black sales art of drowning and later on more bleak but like this would be like the bleak drab middle part i guess so i i didn't think of it that way i i mean i feel like the 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 lyrics don't match up with the song title because i felt like this was lyrically i i felt wait are you talking about lyrics or are you just talking about just the overall feeling of the records I mean, I I think like lyrically, I think AFI is a band of change, and I think that's what makes AFI so great is their ability to change and and be different constantly. Good or bad doesn't yeah. matter. It's just I think that's one of like the, their strongest suits is their ability to change. True, true, true. And third I mean, season, I guess... like that is that is fall, that is autumn, and like in in like a literary sense, in books and movies, like fall is associated with change. You're going from yeah. summer to winter. Yeah, it's the biggest change I feel. And but it's going but like, into like but there's beauty in that in itself and that's kind of what this album is. It's Shut Your Mouth isn't quite just like the straightforward skate punk of the first two, but it's mm-hmm. not as dark and as I don't want to say complex, but it's not as complex as like their stuff after this. It's kind of like in the middle ground and like you said it is definitely overlooked because of those things because it is like the fall, the change, the yeah. in-between parts. Yeah, definitely. And I maybe even third season can that title can even be referenced to the lineup change because this is the third major lineup change because the first one was 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 Davey Adam, uh Mark and Vic and then Vic was replaced with Jeff, so that's your second and then this is the third iteration where you're replacing the bass player once again with Hunter. Even though at this point Hunter was a hired gun. But I mean, it could be that as well. And like, this is the ushering in of that change. This is the first time not only Hunter was, has played on an AFI record, but he was also in the music video for it too. So it could be that. I I don't know. I I feel like though the lyrically and song title wise, they don't, I, I, I can't, I can't figure out the correlation there because lyrically, I think it's, it's about something completely just different. You didn't get like any change at all whatsoever. Like even Maybe. as a person, like a person is changing to be somebody else, is becoming somebody else, or embracing a different part of that person. I mean, coming from the standpoint of the lyrics, I don't, I don't feel that way. No, because I feel like th- this is this can be taken as like Davy's self-destructive behaviors that don't seem bad at the moment, but he knows that they'll eventually catch up to him and destroy him. And he says that there's always signs, but he every step of the way he just ignores them. Or it could be also it, it's a little bit it could be a little bit more ambiguous where it could be either from Davy's perspective on himself or him looking at a friend destroying their life through whatever whatever that may be drugs booze anything you know okay so I I don't know I didn't I don't I didn't feel like there was a huge correlation between the the lyrics and the song title but I mean, I mean I don't the know. song title just goes along the lines of what I thought was happening. And, I, I yeah. think like the change aspect, I I mean, personally, I think it's spot on. Something is changing. Like he talks about, can you feel this? Can you see this? Can you sense this? Can you 
hear this, all these things that are happening. Can you hear the changing of the wind? But he's asking people, like, do you understand what's going on? Because he's talking to somebody that is oblivious to the fact that things are changing. And when somebody's, when somebody's like oblivious to the fact that things are changing, like, dude, didn't you fucking see the signs? Didn't you like hear what was happening? Didn't you see this? Like you're baffled. But the, the the changing itself too, I also think is like the band itself. That, that that's something I think was unintentional. It's just me digging deeper. Or I mean, I I honestly I think Davy is a really good lyricist. I I, I really believe that. I I think okay. When when we did when we did sing the sorrow, which was the the last the one we did, which is the only other AFI record we did in the new format, right? Or did we do very proud of you in the new format? I don't remember. No, we did but, black sales. Oh, we did black sales. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so we we did dig into those those lyrics, especially on I remember the art of drowning, and I remember just being really impressed by his lyrics. There there are very there's a very small handful of people I've been impressed with lyrically on this podcast, and Davey was one of those those few one of the one of the small handful that it just kind of I understand why people like him so much as a lyricist and they respect him so much as one because he is really good at it. He's yeah, just he's, ambiguous enough, but. I don't know. He's he's. I, I just think he's really good. He has a good way of telling a story. A little. It can be a little pretentious at times, but you get the gist of it, and I think it's really solid. I I I like him, and I noticed it with this record a lot. I like him because he can be so like drab and boring, purposefully, mm-hmm. but then he can also be like happy. He can actually write songs that make it seem like he's a happy dude, and he's kind of like happy to be here i'm just thankful to be here which was <laughs> weird but yeah he kind of he can, he can do it all but none of it i shouldn't say none of it all of it is accessible but because of the fact that he screams constantly like a lot of these songs i didn't know what the fuck he was saying until this oh week. yeah there were some lyrics i was no following idea. along with lyrically and i just I thought, how is how is that even a word like it's doesn't <laughs> it's so hard to decipher it like I would never be able to figure out unless I was looking at the lyrics. And then I still went back to singing the way I, whatever word I thought he was oh, saying. Yeah. Totally. For the past, whatever, how many years. It's kind of like so, when, when we know. did the, the thrice record, when we did artist in the ambulance, he, I, there's so many parts in thrice's songs that I just, I don't know what the hell Dustin's saying. And even after reading the lyrics, I still say the words the way I used to say them. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it the new way. Like, Thrice and AFI were always the bands where I never know what the fuck they're saying ever. I, don't, I even even when they sing like clean vocals, I have such a hard time figuring out what what Dustin and Davey are saying in their songs. Well, it's like it's especially so Davey too, because he'll use these words and like this is not a complex song really, but then he throws in yeah. this word called mirthless. Yeah, that's mirthless? not a word. Mirth, mirth isn't like a word that's used a lot. And then fuck out of you've heard mirth. Who the fuck oh, has ever said no, mirth? Get the fuck out of you've heard mirth. Get out of here, heard this mirth. fucking guy over here. I've heard mirth before, mirthless. Yeah, it's just it's just amusement, especially no, it's as lacking amusement. It's lacking. No, amusement. it's mirth. Well, yeah, mirthless is mirthless mirth is lacking is. amusement. Mirth over here is. You've heard mirth. Come on, I know for a fucking fact you have not heard the word mirth. I have before. heard mirth. I have heard Murph. I can say with with one hundred percent certainty that is not possible, <laughs> but it is possible because I have. So <laughs> you're fucking wrong. Murph, this guy over here. I'm gonna call you Murphless Myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Oi. Okay. 
What's, so, your, what's your BB? What, what do you got? My BB is a single second. I mean, it has to be a single second. There's no, there's okay. no, there's no argument here. It has to be your one B as well, right? Um, it is not. What does it sit for you? It's my two B. <sighs> okay, whatever. I'll let it slide because it's your two B. But a single second is the best song. The, this is the this is the song where they had Nick Thirteen on vocals. Uh, along with Davey singing the 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 harm, I guess like the backup harmony in the chorus, and Nick and Davey's voice together just sounds like angelic. It just sounds so good. And if you listen to the the second Tiger Army record, Davey Havoc did all the vocals, backup vocals on that record, and it just it sound their voices go so well together. It's it's remarkable, and I I, I just I love this song because at this point I had already become obsessed with Tiger Army. So then listening to this record and then hearing this song with Nick 13, I just was totally stoked. And, and yeah, I, I just, I think this is, this is a perfect, an absolute perfect song, a single second. Boy. So I, 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 I agree with all of that. Um, this, the, this, the, you posted a video of this, didn't you? Yeah. They, they played this as recently with, they played this in 2007 yeah. with Nick 13 that, on the um, December underground tour. Dude, that video was so lame. Like, it looked like they were not having any fun. It was so, it was bad. Well, they never look like they're having fun. It was so, so. bad. And he's like, hey, here's our friend. And he comes out and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm here, I guess. <laughs> Boring, but whatever. This this song is. I have it on DVD, too. That that oh. concert was on, that, that that was a concert DVD. And I, I oh did buy God, that. They're all wearing white, too. And yeah. it's just so that was, stupid. That was the December <laughs> Underground tour. And that, that was so when dumb. all their instruments were white, too. If you notice, like. The guitars and the drums were all white. The amps were all white. It's just everything was white. Bad. It's bad. But okay, whatever. I mean, dude, a single seconds a banger. Like this is fucking banger intro. Love the little hi hat intro in there that's thrown in there. Love it. Yeah. Like this is. It's such an easy, straightforward song, and which would be fine as as it is. But then they add like the bridge part to it, which is just oh, nasty bridge. stuff. And it's all kicked off by that simple, the one, two, three, open. Yeah. And then it goes into it. It's a quick one, blinking you'll miss it type of thing. But like, holy <laughs> fuck, man! Like that, that part makes this song. That part like elevates this song from being like a good song to a phenomenal song. I I know, and and then kicking into the chorus too. It's like remember, like with that that when they say when they sing remember, like the, just because the the vocals are offset, they're not singing together. They're singing at at different times, but it. The way they they kind of harmonize with one another, oh, it's it's perfection. Forget about it. Perfection <laughs> right there. It it's, it's so fucking good. I love it. It's, I love the song. Man, it's so fucking good. It's just so, it, like, like is, in the this world. Is the parts, second best. They're AFI so song. fucking catchy. They're so dumb. It's so mm-hmm. stupid. It is, but it's it works so well. Second best AFI song ever. Like you can't, oh. you cannot fuck with this. I mean, totally immortal is their it's obviously their best and one of the greatest songs ever written. But then in AFI's world, you know, this is the second best AFI song. I Just, mean, you can't you can't deny it. That's not like crazy talk. I I personally don't agree, but that's not crazy talk. Usually, you just throw out crazy talk, but that's not crazy <laughs> talk. So I like, thought you would. I thought close. you would jump on me when I said that "Totally Immortal" is one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, that's stupid. That's, I mean, that's that's crazy <laughs> talk. But <laughs> oh god, it's top four for sure. But mm-hmm. um, okay, so should I just play a little bit of a single second? What do you think? Yeah, do whatever we'll you get want. Into the lyrics. Okay. Yeah, sure. So, sure here it is, single second. 
There you go. A single second from the AFIs. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's just the aggressiveness of those verses. It's so angsty. It's so, it's so angry and angsty. And then going into the, the beautiful fucking chorus, it's, it's just unreal. And then <laughs> what I've always loved about this song is the first line of the lyrics where he says, oh my God, my God, this can't be happening. Like he repeats himself. It's almost like when three times almost. Yeah. It's almost like I've always felt like when he recorded this, he didn't know what he was going to say. So that's why he kind of repeated himself because it's like norm, like normally singers wouldn't do this kind of shit or lyricists wouldn't do this kind of shit. But I've always thought it was so interesting. So funny that it's, Oh my God, my God, this can't be happening. God, tell me <laughs> three gods in within like essentially gods, yeah. one sentence. It's so it's so fucking good. What was even better was the video you posted. It was subtitled in Spanish, and therefore oh, <laughs> the first line was "Oh Dios mío." I know I laughed so hard when I saw that. <laughs> I was hoping that you would w- actually watch the video because I wanted to talk about those Spanish <laughs> subtitles. Oh, I loved them. Uh, That's all I could focus on was this damn Spanish subtitles. It was so I good. Know, it was so funny. <laughs> Oh, I loved it. That's good. But that's it, good. it's cool too. I mean, I mean, that was that performance was almost ten years after the record came out. This record came out, and having Nick Thirteen come out and sing it with him. I don't know if that was the last time they did that with him, but because they they did play this song, I think in two thousand nine or two thousand ten, but without Nick Thirteen, which was weird. Like I, it was weird watching the watch hearing that chorus without Nick singing the background. Who who's who's weird. doing the background? Just nobody. There, nobody's doing the background. Nobody's so harmonizing quiet? with Davy. Yeah, it's just Davy doing his part, but with That's no weird. harmonizing. Yeah, it was. It's it's very very strange. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't like Jader and B step up and and, and try their hand know. at it? Because I like I know, I'm pretty sure Hunter can do it. Because I know Hunter has done vocals on his own solo music. The very little amount of solo music he's put out, he's done vocals on them. So I know he can. He could probably do it. He won't sound as good as Nick, but maybe he, he wasn't allowed it. to do it. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he wasn't, you never know, but anyway, yeah, this is, this song is just, it's a beyond banger, it, you cannot, it's, it's, it's too good, I cannot sing enough of its praises, and that, like you said, that, that breakdown, the, the I feel so lost part, and then, and then the last loss that, that Davy screams, and then it goes into that, that drum roll, that, it just, it's like an overextended <laughs> drum roll, that would be so cheesy in a normal song, but for whatever reason, it was the perfect transition back into the chorus. Oh my god! Oh my god! This, this it's just it's too good. A lot I, of the stuff on on like this album and a lot of the things they do because they do there there are a little like a lot of little drum roll fills, and they yeah. seem so panicked and seem so like like last minute addition type of thing, and so I think when it's when it's like a well-placed drum roll, then it's cheesy. But when it sounds like the the drummer's just panicking to to put a <laughs> fill in, I think that's when yeah. it becomes more like authentic. Yeah, I, I feel like you're totally right. I feel like this is the best. This is this entire record is my favorite drum performance from Adam. This and Art of Drowning, I feel like are his his best. Like I feel like he had the most expression. And it makes sense with this record because this entire record was written by Adam and Mark, the guitar player. Adam hadn't really written a lot from the early years. I mean, Jeff wrote, Jeff Kresge wrote most of the music on the first two records. And then Davey helped out with some songs, co-wrote some songs. 
But overall, it was all Kresge and Davey. And then this one, you know, now that Kresge's gone, like Mark and Adam, or Mark really had to step it up as a guitar player and write a lot of songs. So him and Adam, this is like all them. This record is all them. And and it kind of shows with the drum performance too because Adam's clearly writing for his for his parts because that's what he knows which is it's it's it was such a cool it's such an interesting and cool thing with this band like you saw this just this weird transition in this almost like like you were saying like it's this entire record is like a panic it's like a panic attack because they don't know what they should be doing (laughs) so it's a because hunt could because hunter was only brought in on this record to play bass he hadn't he has no writing credits whatsoever davy only wrote the lyrics so it was just adam and mark like they, two guys who never really write. There's definitely a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of times on this record where I feel like, like how they not, I don't know. If they were playing this live, they'd fall apart. If they didn't, if these songs weren't, you know, a minute and forty five or two minutes, yeah, because yeah. It's, it's, they're not sustainable. Some things are just going way too fast. The drums are playing way too fast, and the guitar is keeping up. But then, but then the guitar will stop and then put like a lead thing in there, and then as he does that he'll throw in a drum roll but it's like you just think there's no fucking way you guys can pull that off live there's just no way (laughs) but then if you because i watch so many videos not that i haven't seen a lot of these videos before but dude afi afi in the 90s they were they were so cool they were so fucking good both with kresge in the band and after he had left during this era during the black sales era before they had kind of like were playing bigger venues they were so fucking cool. So rad. There was nobody like him. Honestly, there was nobody like AFI in the nineties. They were one of a kind. But I would I would probably I would probably agree. They were um they really embraced like the not not just like the goth image, but like what Hot Topic essentially built like an entire industry off of <laughs> that was AFI. AFI that embraced AFI, that yeah. scene. Before because Hot they, Topic was ever a thing, it's because they they perfectly embodied like by the late nineties. The, the Outcasts, the I guess. Yeah, well, like by the time the Art of Drowning came out, they were they were they had perfectly blended hardcore punk with emo music, and goth music, and that's exactly what Hot Topic's entire image was was emo goth and hardcore music, hardcore punk music. And AFI was that band. They were the band that did it the best, that combined those genres the best. And did it yeah. perfectly. Up through the art of drowning. Just absolutely did it perfectly. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Well, they're 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 not bad. They're not bad, I'll tell you that much. They're not bad. And so what do you got lyrically on on a single second? Um, I thought this was like uh the narrator, the writer is, is going through some kind of turmoil in his life that's making him feel lost, lost and alone. And I've I've always liked the the always like since we listened to this, whatever. I I never wanted to cease to exist, just disappear. I felt like this one. this hit harder now than it did on on previous listens because of of just where we're at, like mental health wise as a society, and yeah. and. I feel like people who are troubled and only want to disappear, maybe even for like a, a while, right? A, a day, a week, a month, a year. We treat them as a plague and essentially erase them from existence. And it's not, it's not quite what that means. Like I want to just disappear. Like you don't need to take that literally. And it's, yeah. and 
back when this was written, not knowing how to deal with mental health, especially in the fucking punk community, like that's that's some big steps. That that's that's putting yourself out there in a community that is not receptive whatsoever, and mm. that's that's pretty ahead of its time. It really, it really is. yeah, dude. It Ugh. it's pretty good. The I mean, all of all of the lyrics to me just scream depression, and and I feel like it's him him constantly worrying about the future and knowing what's ahead and just knowing that nothing is good that nothing nothing good is is going to happen so he only has to so he's only going to be able to dwell on the good things in the past so he has he doesn't feel like he has any future like it's all just going to be just terrible and and every every line in this i'm i mean just look at the chorus the the, the lyrics in the chorus are fear memories are all that lie ahead Never have I felt so lost. Fear tragedy is all that lies ahead. Never have I felt so dead. To end the chorus with the word dead in that <laughs> in that sense is it's dramatic, but it's so it's so telling of, of how he feels, you know, emotionally and psychologically and And that's that's like the perfect I don't know, that 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 captures like the punk community perfectly, right? Like Yeah. Like to be depressed is one thing, and as a parent of a punker, of a punker kid who has a little bit of angst in, it's like, oh, it's just a phase. He's just going through something. Or just because you're depressed doesn't mean you're also suicidal, doesn't mean you're also wanting to hurt yourself or others or anything like that. Depressed could be like anything. And yeah. and at this time in this community, and then coming from like the East Bay area too, where there was... I mean, just countless bands that were more aggressive than AFI and probably shunned yeah. AFI and for sure did shun AFI once AFI stopped becoming punk. So it's just yeah. like they were into such a, they were, they were in between like a rock and a hard place, right? They, you couldn't, they couldn't win either way. And then with their lyrics, they're throwing out where they're being more in touch with their feelings and then their overall image getting progressively more, um, what's that fucking metro? That right? That was the metro. Yeah, yeah, me, me, the metro. That was the a big buzzword in the nineties, right? Oh no, that was like 2000s. a big buzzword in like early to mid two thousands. Metrosexual yeah, thing. In, embracing the metro look. It's just AFI was was man, dude. They didn't give a fuck. Like they, they really just yeah. didn't care. And I I don't like where they went, but I love how they got there musically. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I understand that. And again, dude, like. Tr- come at me with a band that has progressed so much from one to last from first to last, but got there so slowly. <laughs> there's so I, I can't think of another band. Yeah. Like you can, you can almost argue a band like a Treyu, but even then, like if you're going for, I, I know you're not as familiar with the Treyu, but if you go from an album, like a death grip on yesterday to the first Feldman album of lead sales, that's a, that's a big change, but you can kind of see where they were going, but it wasn't nearly as slow of a burn as AFI was. It's impressive. It really is. Jumping back to the lyrics too real quick. I mean, lyrically, this could be about, you know, his straight up depression and his views on life, but it could also be like what you're saying. It could be about the band itself saying like, you know, we don't, I mean, like you only think negatively about how the band's going to be, in a year from now, like you're only thinking of the negative thoughts, not, and then remembering all the, the past fun shows, fun times you had in the band. So it could be taken from a personal level, like a very personal level, level on Davey or from a band perspective, which is really cool. Like he, he, he kind of sets it up both ways and leaves it a little bit ambiguous in that. 
and then the lyric right right before the lyric you really like that i never wanted to cease to exist just disappear but the line before it i i thought just his wording was really cool it's i've never felt that nausea i never felt the nausea of longing to feel nothing that line is just it's so like sad <laughs> it is like so somebody who's, fucking who's been troubled for so long that they just don't oh. want to like they're sick to their stomach because they've just had so much worries yeah they just want to just they want nothing they just want to feel nothing like oy that's this song is rough Lyrically, it is it's it's, it's rough in all the good, good. ways <laughs> yeah even the delivery of the i feel so lost part right because it's a it's a layered it's a there's two parts to it it's yeah. like it's like the pleading part of the words and then like the mm-hmm. woe part is just like the straight frustration and then leading into the chaotic like end part of it. And mm-hmm. I know. Like it's and then and fantastic. then because they, they at the end of the song, they, they essentially do, do two choruses. So the, the end of the, the chorus is I never have I felt so dead. And then the very last time he does that, he just ends it with never have I felt so. But he never finished. He never says that last word. So it kind of leaves it open and. Dude, I honestly, I think his lyrics are, are based off of this and the art of drowning. His lyrics are fucking fantastic. So good. They're good. (laughs) I mean, I have nothing negative to say. They're just, they're very, they're very basic on the, on the, on the surface, but you can, you can really get into them when you want to. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially on this, on, on this era of the, like between album, between this and like, sing the sorrow i feel like are the most the most dramatic for the band or the most emotional and introspective is introspective a word yeah it's a word okay yeah i feel like that those albums are the most for that for this band you you, you've heard fucking mirth but you never heard introspective well i I was i was you fucking your 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 fucking lie sweater is just falling (laughs) apart thread by thread Mirth my over lie here. sweater. Yeah, your sweater made of fucking lies just being pulled apart thread by thread. Mirth. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, the dumbest thing I've ever heard is, oh, I know mirth. Yeah, fucking mirth. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard mirth. Come on, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've sure you mirth. have. We've heard mirth. Is introspective a word? Oh, I have fucking mirth over here. Oh, yeah, this fucking guy. Okay, so what is your, what's your, what, what's your one be? Uh, let it be broke. Let it be uh, broke. Or I think it's just let it broke. Hey? No, um, let Wait, it be no, broke. It's just, let it broke. No, oh, it's no, got to be let it be broke. broke. No, yeah, it's, it's let, let it be broke. broke. Oh, you had me question yeah. for a minute there. The only reason I was questioning it because when it was on my iPod for years and years, I had misspelled it as let it broke. Oh. So then I, I have this thing in my mind where I think it's let it broke, but it's let it be broke. Oh, well, there's forever going to be let it broke to you then because there's no it way. Be, yeah. Like during those, that, during those very impressionable period, like, you know, it's, it's let it broke. Let it broke. Let it let be it broke, broke. Let yeah. it broke. Dude, yeah. talk about an intro. Uh, hello, like the drum roll in and that last quick drum roll before all hell breaks loose on this one. <laughs> Unbelievable And David screams so fucking much And the way he spits out words so fast In the verses he just, he Might as well just speak in gibberish I know Like I, This is the one I was reading the lyrics to I was like what the fuck This is what he says I, know, I, I put the same thing down too <laughs> Like I had no idea this is what he was saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna sing it the way I want to But I was just I fucking surprised <laughs> I cannot believe it 
Like the only the only words that matched up with what I what I know the song as is the I will release myself. I will detach myself from you. Did you like, know he was saying part. from you? I always thought it was fuck yeah. you. I always said no, fuck I, you. I, I always said from you. That those are literally the only words that I that I were correct when I was going through it. Damn. As I was reading this and he was saying from you, I was like, wow. I'm gonna still say fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> fuck you. The fuck you is a little bit better, yeah. Does he, like, but then now that I hear from you, it doesn't even sound like he's saying fuck you. It's just <laughs> like the F and then the U part. Like, what else could he have been saying with that starts with F and ends in Y O U? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking it doesn't D. sound anything. Okay. Dude, the outro then, is so damn fun. Oh, it it's is. Just, mm. And also the, I mean, kind of uh, going back to the to like not knowing what we're what he's saying. The first two lines of the song, even I, I listened to the to those first two lines a couple times just to see if I can hear it, but it was so hard. It's too when fast. He, I mean, he says, "I live in truth, complacency, or complacently." Where's the threat you see in me? Am I the cause of your self consciousness? Dude, it doesn't sound like that. Because he says like it so fucking fast, like especially the word complacency. Like he says it so fast and just like, yeah. I was, I was like, come on, dude. You, you, that's not what you're saying. He's lying. <laughs> He's lying to us. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is my yeah, one this B. Is, but are, is this a? This B is my for two you? B. This is my two B. Ah, okay. Yeah, let it broke. Let it broke has always <laughs> been up there on this record. I mean, going back to the first time I heard this record, a single second and let it broke were the two songs that stood out to me the most. Yeah. And third season, because third season was so weird, but. No, I mean let it broke. Let it be. Let it be broke. Sorry, not let it broke. Yes, let it. This broke. is what happened. Like, it's all right. I've always read it as let it broke. Don't matter. I'm still gonna say fuck you during the chorus. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh my gosh, but I I love that chorus and like what you were saying at the end too when he when he's just saying I will will defy well like and then he just ends it with screaming at the top <sighs> of his lungs the will just will. He was a good screamer. He was a good screamer. He was, yeah, and then he changed it all and on "Sing the Sorrow." He he got that. He, he was a shrieker. He was like a shrieker. Well, yeah, it was a Annoying. shriek once he got to "Sing the Sorrow." Yeah, but before "Sing the Sorrow," yeah. it was it was like a, a yell or a scream. Or it was good. It was just aggressive. It was mean. So yeah, it was mean. It was mean sounding. "Sing the Sorrow" was more. It was more dainty. It was. It was more like let's just throw a scream in there just to have it in there. Where it doesn't really benefit the song, it doesn't add to the song. It's just, it's like Miss Murder. If, if you hear the the album version of Miss Murder, that has a scream in the in the bridge. It has the scream, but it's just it doesn't make sense with the rest of the song. It's just there for the sake of ha- sake of having it there. But the screaming on "Shut Your Mouth," it's all warranted. He's upset. He's pissed off. He's angry, and he's expressing it, and it sounds great. Um, should we play a little bit of, of Let It Be Broke And then we'll talk about the lyrics Yeah Play a little bit of uh, Let It Be Broke Okay Here we go Here Oh no That is not it Here's a Let It Be Broke From the AFIs
There it is. Let it be broke from the AFIs. Man, that 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 very very short break where it's just Davy and the drums playing for like that three seconds. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I. It's, I don't even know about that. I don't even know what else to say about it. <laughs> it's like, it's just such an absolutely perfect, perfect emotional song. Can't fuck with it. Cannot fuck with it. But, um, what, what do you got lyrically on this one? I'm sorry. I just, I, I love I, this. This album's great. So what do you got? Um, let it broke, right? Let, let be broke or let it broke. What would you say? <laughs> let it be broke is the proper, the proper title. Let it broke. Um, let it broke. Yeah. I thought this was, was about like the narrator not keeping quiet to someone he believes is ruining their life for stupid reasons. He's mm-hmm. speaking up in hopes that the person sees their own destructiveness. Yep. That's right. exactly what I Maybe. wrote too. And then the, and then that person is pissed off or upset with them for calling them out for their bad behaviors. So you're like, fuck it. Let it be broke then. Yeah. Let it broke That's then. It. And it's kind of him <laughs> cutting ties with the said person because he doesn't want to like that that's I feel like that's where all the anger is too in the song. It's like him being upset that this friend isn't listening and then his friend pretty much says, Fuck you and he says, Okay, I'm done, I'm cutting Fuck I'm you. cutting you out and Yeah, that's that that's where I feel like a lot of the anger comes from. But wait and it, it makes Fuck you really you. think too because because Davy has been so hardcore, you know, straight edge for a long time. Obviously very vegan you could tell he just does not care for the scene really at all or the bullshit that people, you know, put themselves through. Yeah. He's very, he, it seems like he's a guy who's, who will cut ties with people very easily. Well, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's understanding that he's growing like as a person in, within the band, like they're growing, which means mm-hmm. he's growing and he's outgrowing the bullshit. And like the punk community has, has long been, been lauded for for its DIY ethic, but also kind of criticized for its exclusion, exclusionness, mm-hmm. Ex- exclusionism, exclusionism. Yeah, like the punk community is is both great in the fact that it supports itself, but it's also extremely toxic in the way it it excludes it people, excludes people that don't sound like they're punkers. Yeah, it's very true. The punk scene is kind of stupid. Kind Even to, still today, like it's it's not quite as bad, but it's still stupid. And it's just yeah. done. And Davey's done with it. He's done with it. He's Fuck done. Yeah. He's so done. He's done. You're done. <laughs> That's what he said to this guy. And yeah. let it be broke. Or let true. it broke. I heard him. Fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was your two. That was your one B, right? Yeah, that was my one B. Two B was uh, fucking other one you talked about. I forgot already. Oh, single What's second. Single second. Okay. So then, I guess we can go to my three B because my my two B was let it be broke. Yeah, what's your uh, what's your what's your three B? My three B is why did I why am I having a hard time with this one? Oh, it's um uh um 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 um, um, um. no where the fuck is my three B? Oh, coin return. That's, that's tight. Coin return. Sorry, coin return is coin my 3B. return. Yeah, it, it was. I I will say this: ranking the songs was very difficult for me because. They've besides a single second, everything has changed so dramatically over the years since I got into this record. So it was very difficult for me to rank these songs as as bangers, you know. But Coin Return, yes, this is um, some of the most aggressive vocals on the entire record um, during the during the verses. 
Um, but then also the chorus is one of the most melodic things on the record. So it, it kind of took like almost like what a single second did, but it's not quite as, I don't know. It's just, it's just different, but it's kind of the same. That's stupid. I mean, it's different, but the same, like what race like fist, race fist song. song. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I, this is my seven B. Oh, I, think, I think this is the last of my B's. I only have really? seven. Oh, so you only have seven. Yeah. I have 14. So, <laughs> Um, so yeah. <laughs> That's fun. So yeah, this is my seven B. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think this song's strong point is definitely its ending. Like it's already a fast, aggressive song, but when it speeds up in the last thirty seconds, I think oh, that's no. like yeah. its its unique factor. Because And he just he's screaming his head off. He dude, these are good songs, but like they do they are very similar to themselves. So if give these to somebody who doesn't listen to any kind of punk whatsoever, they're going to think outside of, you know, like uh, let it broke or a single second, they're going to sound the same because those have strong parts to them that are completely different from the rest of the song. Whereas mm-hmm. I think, I think coin return, it's so low for me because it's strong point comes at the end. Yeah. Okay, it's defining I factor, I guess comes at the end. I could see that. I could see that. But that, that ending, man, that ending is really good. Oh, it's so good. It's fucking so exciting. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and then you mix that with, I mean, literally like the most aggressive, uh, most aggressive vocals in those verses. It's, dude, he's fucking pissed. He's yeah. so mad. He's so upset. And I don't know, sh- should we play it and then talk about the lyrics? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Here's a, Here's coin return from from uh, asking for it.
There you go. Coin return from AFI. <laughs> Dude, I had to play so much of this song because it's so... <laughs> Dude, this is the most of the most... Well, not the most. It's just the most extreme that they, they get on any song. I mean, that that breakdown, too, that how can I disregard... like Just the way Davey's vocals play along with the drums, it, it's, it's so perfectly in balance with one another and oh my god and then like we said the 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 outro is just him just screaming his fucking head off (laughs) (laughs) it really it doesn't even sound like him like there's no other point in afi's career where he sounds like the last verse or the last part of the song there's nothing nothing like it at all no it's that's yeah that's true it's it's not. It's just nutty. like just yeah, just screaming for the sake of just being as loud and as aggressive as possible. Just being as pissed off as you could possibly be, and then you get into the lyrics. I mean, this is to me, this is like the lowest point in his life, and he's he's done. He's become everything he hates in life, and he resents he resents himself, and you know he he's then he's pissed off that you know nobody's coming to help him like he would help other people. So he feels betrayed by his friends. He hates himself. Like this is just the lowest of low when it comes to his depression. Sad, but yeah, damn, he expressed it. So just so well in the song. That's like, that, that's like what I got too. And it, that's weird because <clears throat> I, I so like, I, I think this is about feeling like you're drowning in problems and you mm-hmm. you feel totally helpless. Like when you're drowning, you want someone to come and pull you out to come and help yeah. you. But I don't, I've never drowned, but I, I, I would imagine when somebody drowns, they feel like they need someone to come help them. And then ultimately they, nobody does. But then it, I thought like, imagine looking back on yourself, not us, because I think we're badass now and we were 10 years ago, <laughs> but imagine looking back on yourself 10 years ago and then now wondering like, how the fuck did I get here? Mm-hmm. But then not being able to know how to fix it or make it better to feel so helpless that you, you are not the person you turned out. You're not the person you thought you would turn out to be. You don't like the person you turned out to be, but you're stuck. And it's that kind of feeling of helplessness is what I think he's really grasping out here where no one else is there to kind of help him. Like you said, and the way he would help others and there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. Or at least he feels there's nothing he can do about it. True. And this is also, you know, it kind of shows his his age in a way too, because obviously this is something everybody feels at a certain point in their life, but this is definitely something somebody would feel in their late teens, maybe early twenties. Like this is a very young person feeling, because you're constantly being told like you need to be somebody different, you need to have your own identity, and then you know in the end, I mean most people don't have like this crazy future ahead of them. They don't have like this, the, the fairy tale life that they, that they're told that they should have. And then it leads to these, this wild depression. You know what I mean? Like it's a very naive, yeah, it's, it's almost like very, it's very naive. Well, it's unrealistic expectations that, that you have yeah. for yourself. And when I grow up, I want to be a pilot and that's, you know, <laughs> whatever the fuck that even means. And it's just, you, you get to a point where, you're not who you thought you would be when you were 10, but that shouldn't depress you. Like, but it does because of the unrealistic expectations. And I think that's part of like feeling helpless. And that's, 
I don't know. I, I think it's I, I think it's I think it's brilliant to not be so focused on one thing in this song, but mm-hmm. then also to be so vague and and kind of worldly to where anybody can relate to this. Yeah. I think in doing so, I, I like, like the ambiguity of his delivery. I think is the strong point lyrically here. And what a what a what a lyricist. I don't, dude. I almost don't even think like he's doing it on purpose. I think he's just legitimately so full of angst that these are coming out, and he doesn't even know fucking at the time. Probably doesn't even know what the fuck he's writing. It's just coming out so naturally, <laughs> and that's kind of the, that's the beauty of it. You know, it 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 just seemed everything on this record seems so honest from the lyrics to the music to the vocals. Everything doesn't seem nothing on this record seems derivative of anything else. It's it's so it's just so of itself and it it's so pure everything on this record it's that i maybe that's what has just struck me so much over the years about this is that it i've never heard anything like it from afi or any other band like there are very few bands that have this kind of honesty and i know you're gonna laugh but like corn's self-titled record their first record i mean that i mean that is a very unique record just not only for the band but in in music in general at the time like it's it's there's nothing that's that not, sounds like it. That's not entirely fair because that's like a genre defining record. True, 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 true. AFI are not AFI pioneers not, yeah. of punk, but no, no, no. To to redefine the genre, to redefine anything, I think is even, but is almost but as was, as incredible as defining a genre. But I was talking more of like the honesty and 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 the the emotion of the record itself. Like, I feel like you can, you can compare this to like the, the self-titled corn record in that sense. Like it's, it's maybe not as deep or as, as vulnerable as Jonathan Davis made it, but it, it's that same, it's that same, that same feeling that you kind of get when you listen to that first corn record or when you go, when you dive deep into that first corn record, like you would with this record. Well, there's a lot I mean, Pinkerton's the same way. Pinkerton's is a very no, honest right. record. And yeah. they, it's, but like, those aren't, but Pinkerton hides it with like goofiness, like Corn and AFI. They 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 do it. It's, I guess, like with Weezer, he he kind of like sugarcoats it a little bit, or Rivers does on that record. But Corn and AFI are more one sided. They're like, this is how I feel. I'm upset. I'm pissed off. This is the record. But Pinker, but what Rivers did on Pinkerton was he he kind of he made he was sarcastic about it at a lot of points. I mean, it's mm. kind of the same thing. But. I mean, it's it, this is like a redefining of the punk genre, and this is mm-hmm. this is like a, a, a precursor to what is going to be a huge like what we talked about like a hot topic topic, and it's yeah. it's like AFI AFI did something for the scene, good or bad. I mean, hot topic still exists somehow, but <laughs> is Spencer still a thing too? Is, is Spencer's gift yeah. store still? A th- I don't, I don't I know how so. the fuck that even stays in business either. <laughs> but like AFI did something for the scene that, I mean, no one else has done. Again, good or bad doesn't matter. No one else has changed the scene that much. Mm-hmm. The punk scene prides itself on being punk and staying the same and playing the same cordage and playing the same tempos. And then AFI changed that and did something a little bit different that branched off into so many countless other bands genres i mean there's a lot of bands that that say oh our, our inspiration came from punk bands from the early 90s to late 80s and it's like well no but you sound just like afi during like the shut your mouth era so i don't know if i believe that entirely 
For, yeah. I don't know, for whatever that's worth, I feel like I'm just spewing stuff out at this point. But uh, That makes sense. It makes sense. I, th- I think AFI did something for the scene that people just don't want to admit. I think they changed the scene to be uh, just about angst in general, but redefined the angst to be more specific. And it doesn't have to just be about society and government, but it could be about like shitty friendships that you have. Or it can mm-hmm. be about just feeling like shit because you're having a bad day. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, I just wanted a Pepsi, and I feel like fucking I'm pissed off, you know? Like, suicidal try to do. And yeah. That's fine. But if I were the band, like, the, the old punkers didn't like them, and then they, they changed their style, and then the new, like, new generation, the new generation liked them, and then once they changed their style again, the new generation hated them because they weren't continuing on with it. Like, if I just haven't, they haven't, they just don't give a fuck. And yeah, I I like true. it, but I fucking hate it so much. They're the they're the one the only band I've ever known. Not only have they had the slow burn of just like changing their their sound and style, but it's also they're they're the most frustrating band I've ever I've ever dealt with, and I will never see them again because they hate their music. They fucking hate their own music. And whenever you look at the set list from whatever tour they're doing. They will. They they really don't play any old songs. They might play a couple of the singles, but everything else is from whatever record they're touring on. Like if you go see them on their Bodies tour, I guarantee you they won't play anything from their first six records, except oh. for except for maybe Miss Murder, maybe Days of the Phoenix. Outside of that, they're mm. not going to play anything else. They're not going. There's no way they're going to play anything else. They they fucking hate their music, and they they they're open about it. They're not. They're not trying to like sugarcoat anything. They just say like, we don't like, they'll just say, we don't like our old music. Why should we play the old music? We have a new record. Why should we do that? And I fucking hate it. Like it makes me never want to see AFI. Yeah. I'll, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm never going to go see him in concert. It's, it's damn. It's like right on the, on the line of, of yes, it's your music. Play what you want. That's why we like you is because you do what you think is best. But on the other hand, you wouldn't even fucking be here had it not been for me, had it not been for you, had it not yeah. been for the millions of other people that listen to you. So show a little fucking respect. I I, I know it's so it's, that's that's annoying. It's hard to take a side on on either thing because yeah, I mean I would. I think that just like, comes with like maturity as as far as as like the band is concerned, and I I think the band has for far too long taken themselves so seriously that they're so far up their own ass. That they can, they they are incapable of being humble at this point, completely incapable. <laughs> and I think that probably stopped with Sing the Sorrow. Agreed, agreed. Because I mean, and then listening to like what what band members have said over the years, uh, I remember they, they've all said like when they when they recorded Sing the Sorrow, they were all living in a squat, all four of them. They were living in a squat with like ten other people in closets like that was their <laughs> life it was touring and living in a squat up in oakland or up in the east bay and then sing the sorrow blew up and that's when they were able to like have a you know live a live a normal life put that in quotes but it's pretty crazy when you think about it you know five albums deep and you're still living in a squat like at what point do you give up it's pretty crazy well, that's that's the that's punk right that's like it is. If, yeah. if you're not living in a squat with all your bandmates, you're not punk. And that's that's an image they were trying to embrace for so damn long. But they just they they couldn't keep with the times. They had to progress because that is 
that's a natural part of like human development and like that's what I respect about him but it's also what I really hate about him <laughs> there's it's just there's so many emotions when it comes to this band like I want to hate him so much but then I I just I love him so much cuz their music is so good no there are, there are definite times that I cannot stand this band this band is so fucking annoying but then we <laughs> dive into albums like this and I'm like wow this is yeah. so good. This makes me feel good, and I love listening to this, and I get so much out of this. And it's crazy. It's not even just like it's the first couple records that we like so much. I mean, what at least for me, like up through Crash Love in 2009, you know, I've, I've really, really thoroughly enjoyed every record from Answer That to Crash Love. Like I really have no real terrible things to say about the band, except they're kind of annoying, like from like a, a humble standpoint. No, but I, I agree. Yeah, their their first six, I go back to still. I mean, Crash Love, I may even go back to now. So what? Their first seven, or no, six, and then seven? skip December Underground, and then Crash Love. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> Never can go back to that. But yeah, like oh, yeah. like their first, the first, almost half of their discography, actually more than half of the discography, over the half, yeah, I think is fantastic. So then, know. what do you got? What what was your three B? Um, I don't know, dude. I'm fucking. I scroll down too far. <laughs> oh, the opener. My my three B's the opener, oh, okay. keeping out of direct sunlight. An introduction. Dude, this is um this is a song. This is my six B and what an what a way to open the record. For a loud, obnoxious <laughs> pick slide. Pick slide, I know. That's what but I was. But it's not say. just like a pick slide, it's a it's loud. It's, it's fucking so loud. Fucking loud. <laughs> oh my god. It it it, it catches you off guard. It, it instantly makes you pay attention. Because you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, it, how annoying! <laughs> and and the song is what, like, fifty seconds, fifty two yeah. seconds, or something like that. Yeah, it's what a cool opener. It's so cool. It's so ah, I love it's, it. It's, I, it's, I love it so much. It's a great, so great introduction. I love the breakdown in it, and it's it's just it's just enough to satisfy the craving. And I think yeah. going right into like, I mean, three reasons is not a banger for me, but I like the transition from keeping yeah. out of direct sunlight into three reasons. Fucking perfect, seamless. It's amazing. It could almost be one song. Yes. But then it but then if you but it makes it so much better knowing that a fifty second song that starts with a pick slide like this is one song. It makes it that much cooler. That much better. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna play I'll fuck I'll just play all fifty seconds of it. So here's a uh keeping out of direct sunlight. There's a single sec or not a single second. Fuck, keeping out of direct, keeping out of direct sunlight yeah. from AFI. 
asking for it. Um, so I guess, I mean, this, this can kind of, I guess, transition into the lyrics on this and, and the name change of the band. Because prior to this, the AFI stood for asking for it. And then this is the first instance on this record where a fire inside was referenced. And that's what the band is named now is this is what AFI stands for now since this record is a fire inside. Definitely one of their better, actually, if not like their top three best choices they've ever done. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Because they would not be popular. Well, that's, that's, that's problematic and that would not hold water today. So, plus the fire inside is fucking cool. That's such a badass name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's cool. I like it. I dig it. It is, and this is the first time it was used uh, in the booklet, in the song, and uh, yeah. Wh- I mean, outside of the music, because I mean, there's not a ton of talk to talk about pe- outside of the pick slide, because that pick slide's wild and <laughs> so gritty. But what do, what do you got lyrically on this one? I, I thought this was like the first call to arms that they that they have done. It's like a call to arms to all the the outcasts, the punkers who don't fit in into any normal social group, all of the weirdos, the freaks, the geeks, the romantics, all of yeah. the weirdos that are just nobodies, they gathered together, much like all the new metal kids, much like all the corn fans, all the weirdos that get <laughs> gathered together because of their love of corn or whatever. And I thought this was like a call to arms to all those people. And I thought that was really cool because now we are seeing them play punk music but starting to embrace the subculture in the punk community in the bay area a call to arms that's good and it makes sense like the referring to it as like a call to arms makes sense with like um through the bleeding we are one which is the opener to uh black sales you know (laughs) that is such a that is like a perfect opener for almost any band and and they i mean that and they op- they still sometimes open shows with that opener from Black Sales. So I mean this is like this is the beginning of that of that era of AFI because you have that, then you have the Art of Drowning intro. I mean and then obviously prelude twenty twenty or twenty one twelve. What is what is that prelude? Twelve twelve something, twelve twenty. Yeah, whatever it is on, on December Underground. I mean, that is like dude, that's such a cool opener awesome killer opener I, I, yeah it's it's, I it. it's it's just cool it's it's like this this made anybody who was who was a fan of afi in their punk phase are still going to be a fan throughout this album but mm-hmm. anybody who kind of just saw afi as another punk band but who felt themselves as like an outcast like the opening the you know the opening uh stanza the opening verse whatever to this races we are the ones and there's like four different we are the ones. And then the last one is we've been rejected. It's been rejected. Anybody <laughs> fucking that's so universal. Anybody who's been rejected for any fucking reason is now going to yeah. latch onto this band because now wow. they have something to relate to. And that's from like a marketing standpoint. That's money. I don't it think is. that's, I don't think that's what their intention was. I just think that they legit wanted to be one with their fans that were at the time, rejected mm-hmm. and lost and what makes this like really cool too like from a from a marketing standpoint is that this wasn't backed by like a label this was this was all them i mean this was self-produced uh this was the first time adam and mark like i said earlier adam and mark had written everything kresge was out of the picture at this point 
so like this is this is just like this is just the most honest a band could be at this point like there's no there's no grimy little feldy fingers in there it's just it's afi it's the four dudes or three guys because hunter was a hired hand hired gun at this point so it's three guys that's what that's all this record is and to put out something this this passionate from three guys is it's so cool and then also reading reading about hunter's thing which i didn't he which was a new revelation uh because he was on a podcast a couple months ago a terrible fucking podcast it was so bad <laughs> but i but i listened to it because hunter was on it because i mean sure. that's what i do but yeah the, otherwise the host is just fucking terrible but he was talking about because what, what, what the podcast was was going through every single afi record that hunter or every single afi record even the ones that he wasn't on Ooh. and he and then obviously this is the first one with him on it and the show your mouth and he was pretty much saying on the podcast like i remember almost nothing from the recording of this record what? uh just that he was he was hired because he was local to the area and they knew him from other ba- from um from uh fucking the force he was in the force which is a great band i saw a chain reaction a long time ago but so he was in that band and then so they got him from there and then they were like we'll pay you 500 to be on the record and then he's like i'll do it for 666 dollars and they're like, okay, fine, whatever. And then they Poor hired guy. him. He, he fucking threw out all the, the tracks. But he, I mean, when he was talking about this record, he, he said that's all he really remembers from the recording of this record. He said he, he tracked everything in like two days. And that was it. Like then, then he thought he was just going to play like one tour with the band. But then the, after the tour, they, they wanted him to be in the band. And then that was it. That was his history with, that was his, his origin with this band. So. That's- I don't know, man. That's that's either he was a pretentious douche back then, or he was being a pretentious douche on that show. Because <laughs> to hear this well, no. this record being developed and then not want a bigger part in it, or not even around, not even want to just stick around and hear everybody lay down their own tracks and to pretend later mm-hmm. on like I don't remember much about that. Like fuck out of here. I know. I don't. I don't, I don't like that here. either. I don't like that either. But liar. It's kind of it's kind of cool here, like knowing the history of of how small the the punk community was in east bay in the east bay because like obviously afi did the the open your eyes cover from answer that and that was a that was a cover from the band the circus tents and the singer from that band is named matt wedgley but he was also the singer for the band the force that hunter was also in so it's it's kind of funny or it's kind of weird how they did a cover of the circus tents and then it was they're all just so interconnected it's it's so weird but I mean, I guess that's every community. I mean, you even see it like when we were growing up here in the Orange County community, the hardcore community here, metalcore. But I don't know. It's just it's such a small world and how all these bands are connected. But it's rad. Yeah. So yeah. that's a great song. Great song. So that's, that yeah, was that's, that's my three B, baby. That's your three B. So for four B or what do, what do you want to do? Your, should we, what's should your, we do more? I mean, that, that's I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Do you, I don't know. Because I don't even know how long we've been doing this pod. Right. I feel like we've been talking a long time, but... I mean, it's been a while. I I, know, I, I have seven Bs, like I said. We talked about... Do you just want to do our top five Bs, and then we'll move, and then we'll, we'll finish it up? I mean, I only have two more Bs we haven't even talked about. Otherwise, we've talked okay. about all, my seven, all seven of my Bs. Well, we might as well... Then we might as well just finish out your Bs, then. Okay. Let's just finish um, out your Bs. What do you got? All right, uh, three seconds notice. That's my four B. I thought I thought this was like 
if not one of the most, if not the most aggressive on the album. I thought really, I thought this was super aggressive. I love his like scream growl thing that he does. And this is like one of the ones that I just seem like they're playing so damn fast and just, they just did it to see if they could do it. They, they, <laughs> they wrote this and like, Hey, this is right. A really fast song. And then everyone just play whatever the fuck they want. And we'll see if Matt, we'll see if it meshes well. And it did. And I thought that just, that was very, that was very like young and naive to write a song that mm-hmm. sounds like this because it's not, it's not curated. The song isn't like, planned out the song doesn't seem like they spent a lot of time writing it it was just really fucking fast and aggressive and they sound like they had a lot of fun i i put also on this one i mean adam's drum playing on this his fills are so solid they're so they're they're almost like intricate but then what you were saying earlier it sounds very rushed like he doesn't know if it's like a right idea but he just goes for it anyway reckless abandon i guess do it dude who cares Yeah, he just fucking does it we're punk band do whatever you want it's great. It's it's really great. And then that bridge too with the with the with the fast bass <laughs> part and then Mark comes in with the, the palm muted guitar. Oh god Oof. damn, that's so good. It's really fucking good. <laughs> oh my god. This is my ten B by the way. Okay. So okay. But this I mean, I still love this song. I mean I there's not a dud or a stinker on this record. So I I could talk about any of these songs and just Yeah, there's 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 definitely no no duds, no stinkers. In in really like I'm only ranking these because there's 14 songs yeah, plus bonus yeah. track and stuff. And, and I don't like, I don't think these are all bangers. Like I wouldn't, mm-hmm. uh, I probably wouldn't put like salt for your wounds on a playlist, oh, but I would never skip it. And when it comes on, like I'm <laughs> fucking super stoked about it and I like it. Oh man. For whatever that's this worth. is, this is actually the one CD that's been in my car for years has been shut your mouth and open your eyes. <laughs> it's been in my CD player in my car for probably since I got my car, like almost 10 years ago. It's just been in there. Damn. So nice. Yeah. It has never, it has not left my car in, in almost 10 years. The original CD I bought when I was like 12 years old is in my car right now. In my <laughs> car CD funny. player. It's pretty wild, right? Like, it's funny oh, that God. you kept all your CDs too. That's cute. Yeah, I, I still have them all. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to add them. I'm going to, I'm going to put them all in Discogs. See if any of they're worth anything. I, I actually like look. One time I looked up, uh, take off your no fucking uh, Mark Tom and Travis show mm-hmm. to see if that CD was worth anything, and it's not at all. It's like, it's like fifty a cents. dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I imagine like all of my CDs are worth nothing. Maybe one day. Anyway, yeah, maybe one day. So so let's play a little bit of uh, three reasons from AFI. So here we go.
There it is. Did I play the wrong song? Well, you said three seasons. Three reasons. I think you... No, yeah, you said three reasons. Yeah, you did. You said three reasons. So then I played the wrong song. Which I think I think you're getting third season confused with three seconds. You're thinking three yeah, seasons? Yeah, there's so many threes. Why are there... Yeah. Why are there so many threes? I played the wrong song. Well, there's also a lot of seconds, too. It's, there's a single second, and then there's three seconds. Oh, God. That's I right, though. The wrong song. No, I but like, the wrong song. That's, we can hear that one again, too. That's fucking, that's a dope song. So, so what, what do you want me to play? What do you want me to play? Let's move on. I got one more B, and then we'll call okay, it. Okay, what, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? It's, uh, it's the cover. It's the Today's Lesson, the filth cover. Oh, that's my 4B. That's my 4B. This is, uh, so like I listened to the filth version also. Yeah. And it's pretty much the same. It's just that he has, in the filth version, I think his name is Jake or something. I don't fucking know. But his, he has good hardcore, hardcore vocals, but they're, 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 they're unique, but they're not as accessible and fun as, as Davies is. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think, um, but like the song itself, like the structure and everything is played almost identical. But I, I, I love it. And then when I was telling you about yesterday, I was listening to a lot of uh, uh, Black Flag. Oh. It's because in this song, it's got some rise above like instrumental vibes to it and the melody, like the dun da dun dun da dun, like that. Yeah. Those quick that. little things right there, it just it reminded me of Rise Above. And because we did Black Flag, now we are Black Flagsmen. It reminded me of Rise <laughs> Above, and that's why I dove into like Rise of uh, fucking Rise Above Black Flag Black stuff Flag. yesterday and. I don't know. That makes sense. I, I, yeah, the 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 low to the high, it's yeah. so it's very punk. It's very very punk, and very Black Flag. It's so good though. Today's lesson. And, and nothing to do. <laughs> that's a fucking killer song. <laughs> I love that song. I still don't have any Black Flag on vinyl. Oof. I just I never. I, the only the only album I ever see in the wild is the album I one the two albums that I like the least. And it's so annoying. Which ones? Uh, it's the it's the one with the blue cover. Oh, my war. My war, and then I forgot the other one right now. Hmm. I'm totally drawing a blank. But the, it's always the two albums that I want the least, and that's so irritating. Wait. but well. but yeah, today's lesson. This song too. I, just the way it starts off with with the, the the bass line, and then here's your lesson for the day. You better listen up real fucking good. And he just yeah, screams the good. Fucking cool yelling or cool <laughs> punk yelling. Like, that, that's what that's what punkers want. Just yell at me. Yeah. Scold me. And then the and also the guitar feedback leading into that first verse right there. It's fucking amazing. It's a killer song. And, and I think it hits it's just it, it it checks all the boxes of what a a fantastic punk song should should have. Yeah. And it's uh and it, it's good. It just doesn't let up. It does not let up through the entire song. And this is this is one of the one I know it's not their song, but this is one of the ones and like purposely chosen. But this is the one of the like the happier songs. Like lyrically, I, I like this was. This is not the only one, but this is one of the ones where it's not. At least I thought I don't know maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't think it was completely sad or, or melancholy. This is like a happier song about loving life or at least being happy right now and fuck all the haters. See, I thought that too, but then. I was thinking like it was it was more said in a, in a sarcastic way. I feel like it was his criticism of of overly positive people, of motivational speakers, because it, it's it's too positive, it's too much, it's unrealistic. So that, that's why I kind of feel like it was 
it was tongue in cheek. It was sarcastic. And then it's, you know, you're kind of also getting like, it, it's these people, these motivational speakers and positive people, but deep down they're letting all this anger and, and sadness just build up in themselves. And, but they never let it out. And then by the end of it, so, or so that by the end of this song, it just kind of, it reaches that boiling point and then you get into the devil loves you song. And then that's just the, that's all the, to me, that's like all of the aggression coming out and exploding from this song, even though it's not as aggressive as today's lesson, but it still is that, that, that catharsis. Okay. Okay. That, that's kind of, that's kind of how I was looking. I was looking at it more in like a tongue in cheek, sarcastic way, lyrically way, lyrically. I mean like the opening itself, like here's your lesson that could be construed as, as somebody being sarcastic right because i mean punkers don't want to be preached to and that's like literally what this first fucking sentence is somebody (laughs) preaching to you so he literally says you better listen up real fucking good (laughs) it's pretty aggressive pretty aggressive for how positive the lyrics are so so here's a bit of today's lesson from uh afi here's your lesson for today There you go. Today's lesson from AFI. What a song. What an aggressive song. So good. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, I was going through my notes too. I mean, we don't have to talk about any more of my bangers. Do you want to talk about anything else? You know what's funny is, is uh, there's this guy that I used to go to camp with, and he's actually mm-hmm. in a different band now, but he was in the band Pressure Cracks. The guy from Fever 333, right? Uh, maybe one of the guys, not the guy that the I went singer. to camp with. Oh, but but the singer is in Fever Three Three Three. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, who's now? But the, but the guy I went to camp with, he used to wear. Um, the first time I saw my camp was at uh, Camp Fox. Was at the um the the Catalina Island camp. Okay. And like when you go to camp as a thirteen year old boy, you wear like two shirts the whole time, and you really don't shower because you're in the ocean, and that's your shower. So who gives a fuck? <laughs> but anyway, the two shirts yeah. that he wore was a rancid shirt and then an AFI shirt. And so the other buddy, the other friend that I went to camp with, we called him if he if he's wearing the rancid for, shirt for the day, we'd call him rancid. 
But then we'd okay. say it like we'd say it like annoyingly, like, rancid, rancid, rancid. Like that's what we would just say. That's and so annoying. He was in our cabin, so we'd constantly be saying it to him. And the other one was they had the AFI shirt, but then we called him Offy because at the time we thought that was really funny. So it was either rancid or we call him Offy. And I thought that was I can that see was that. A, yeah, that was a funny story that I wanted to people, tell. People people used to say that too when I used to wear AFI shirts. I don't think it was you. Well, you probably did, but other people used to say that too. Offy, Offy, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, so to, stupid. Who's Offy? Who's Offy? Who's Affy? I remember that. Yeah, people used to say that to me. Well, you had your AFI Thursday shirt. Like it was your it was your weekly because you had like five shirts that you wore on a weekly basis. That's like now too. Like I have like the same three or four <laughs> shirts I wear now. Like nothing's changed. But like, but in high school it was like clockwork. Like we like I, if you forgot what day uh, it was, you could just look at Tyler's shirt. And, <laughs> oh, okay, today's Thursday no, because he's I wearing had, his AFI shirt. No, I had like I had more than one AFI. I had several AFI shirts. Whichever one, it was just like their their profiles, like them like shoulder up. That was like your Thursday yeah. shirt. That was that was the shirt. I I will never. I think we even talked <laughs> about this on the pod. I was <laughs> I was wearing that shirt when you and I and friend of the pod Kyle got in trouble, and we were uh, we had to go to the police station. Let's just say that we had to go to the police station. Oh, we got pinched. We got pinched for something very stupid, and uh, and the the cop who was there who who was who was you know he was arresting us. Let's just say that he was arresting us, and I was wearing that shirt, and he complimented the shirt, and he said, "I'm a big AFI fan. I really like that shirt." And then we were talking about AFI, and then we got arrested, and then the rest was history. Clearly, not not and that big of a fan because you can't look it up. He was trying to he was trying to be chummy with me, this fucking young ass cop. And then he still goes forth and arrests us. But whatever. Yeah, I will never forget that. And then my mugshot, my mugshot has me wearing that AFI shirt. But I've never been able to go find that. I was going to say, even when I was applying for for jobs and stuff, trying to get my my record from that was a pain in the ass. Yeah, Because we were minors and they wouldn't give it to me unless I had permission from you and Kyle. I only remembered seeing it after it was taken. So I've never seen it since that day because we were minors. I mean, there's no way I'm going to be able to get that picture. I mean, it would be funny to get it because I'm, I mean, we were such fucking idiots. You should, you should roll by the, uh, the, the police station over by the Brea Mall and then, and then try and get that, try and get that transcript, try and get that police report. I'm very curious. Send it over. I am too. I'm, you know, fuck it. I mean, if I'm in the area, sometime yeah, the next they'll tell you they can't give it to you because you were minors and there's other there's like there's other people on there that need your permission. Yeah. But just tell them they moved away and you don't know them no more. I could do that. I mean, yeah, if I'm in the area, I'll probably do that. Just tell them at to redact just, the names. At least just to get my mugshot, just to see how fucking stupid I was. If Good that even if, even if the mugshot was even still around. We dude, even <laughs> thinking about that whole that whole situation, we were it wasn't even anything crazy it was so stupid yeah we're not gonna get into that on the pod what happened but it was just let it be known it was very dumb like let it be known that if you are doing something you shouldn't be doing and you get arrested just don't don't say anything just hire a lawyer because you are going to be in more trouble the more you open your mouth that's what happened to us yeah keep your fucking mouth shut because you have that right you have that right and they will trick you so so back to afi and this oh i want to talk about the album cover, the album cover too. Yeah, who? Uh, this I, is, dude, I tried so hard. Who did this album? You're cover? never, you're never gonna find it because years ago, 
I, I went on this search to find out who did this album cover because I've always wanted it tattooed on my body. I've always wanted the tattoo of this album cover. And I've looked and looked and looked. I could never find anything. I went on the Despair Faction forum back in the day. Nobody knew. Uh, like Hunter, I think, even commented that he didn't know where it was from. And then I remember asking Jeff Kresge a few years ago. We, I was talking to him on Instagram. And he said the picture actually came from uh, an old lunchbox, like an old tin lunchbox that they really liked, like a magic card. It was something really weird like that. But he said, even he said he has no idea who the artist is. And it was just like a random image that they all really liked. So they made it their album cover. Damn. Yeah, it was just, it was completely just, just nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't really hold a meaning. It seems like it was just that. <laughs> so that was the, that was the most I've ever heard about it was when I asked Kresge about it, even though he wasn't on the album, but he was still very much, he was very good friends with the band still. He wasn't like, it wasn't like a, a bad breakup or anything. He was still good friends with them. And he was even like on their records up through Sing the Sorrow. He did like backing vocals on Sing the Sorrow. So he was, well, he's always been a part of the band to an extent. Well, maybe next year for its 25th anniversary, AFI will remove the heads from their butts. And then with the advent of the internet, um, anything's possible. Maybe they'll, they'll re-release this on vinyls or something and then search for the original artist. Well, I can tell you that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> because, know, that's, yeah, that's, that's 14 things that would never happen with AFI. <laughs> Oh my god, they fucking hate their music. I've never known a band that hates their music so much. And it's been like like hating your music cuz it's bad is one thing, but hating your music for being essentially what made you who you are today is <laughs> it's so worse. but it's 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 so it's like to go too. Out, it's to go out of your way to hate something. It's like what you do all the time with your with your with, well, with things that are popular and like why you hate sing the sorrow. It's literally what oh, you you are true. like the AFI that's of like this pod is what you do. Well, that's not that's true. crazy. The you know, light bulb true. just clicked on in my head. You know, that's not true because we going we both out know of going Pinkerton out of your way to hate something just because it's popular and and made you big is is damn. Okay, you're wrong. But are you like Davey Havoc? Is that why Pinkerton's you painted your my nails? favorite Weezer record? You know, my favorite Blink record is their self unentitled. You know, it's just what you're saying is just not true. Well, silly boy talk. I call them. I call them as I see them. That's all I can do. That cause, because that's silly boy talk. That's what you do. That's it all you do. What, it is what it is. Well, it's not. It's, it's not. not what it's not. It's not what it's not. It's it's. I mean, it's. <laughs> you know, first things first. First yeah. things first. First things first. It's not what it's not. It's not what it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's just such a dumb conversation. Well, well. Uh, okay, so do we got it? Do we have anything else on this record? Because I think no, we touched about the I think producer. I already deleted all my notes too, so it's okay. all gone. All right, so we have so let's uh, let's give our final thoughts. We'll give our our rating of this record. Where our three point ratings are pat patented. Wait, how do you say patented? Patented. Pat pat patented. What? How do you fuck you say that word? Anyway, whatever. Okay. All right. We have a three a three point rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but you should get, at least give it a shot. And zero is a trash fire. So what do you got, Jeff? Um, AFI man, cool bands. This is a this is a band that can kind of even now today can can kind of bridge together so many different communities and and I think like above all else, what they've done very well is to be inclusive 
in like from this album from the from the get go as a call to arms for the for the weirdos and the freaks calling them up and then saying there's a place for you. I think they still do that today with their music. It's, but like you said, I, it's just a damn shame that they can't do that with their old music as well and incorporate old sounds into new sounds, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, A5s is weird. They're, they're, they're so unique in that their sound has changed so dramatically from beginning to last, but has changed so gradually over the years that it's, it's almost like unnoticeable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I I love this band and I hate this band, so <laughs> it's it's fun. And this week had been it was fun. And even though I hated I hate their last two albums, it was still it was still fun to listen to them. I still had a good time. Good, but uh, this is not Go their on. best album. No, it's not their best album. But I'd still I'd still drop a two point eight. I'm gonna give this a two point eight. Just give it a three. No, it was not perfect. And Black Sales is perfect. Yeah, Black Sales is absolutely, come on, that's that's a perfect album. You're right, it is perfect. Um, okay, so so you give this a 2.8, 2. 8, baby. It's unbelievable, it's unbelievable. All right, so so my final thoughts on this, I think this is, um, this is a perfect record. I'm just going to say that first and foremost. It's a perfect record, three out of three. This is, uh, this is everything I love about the band, the, the aggressiveness, the passion, the just the vulner- vulnerability of this, it's... It's fucking wild, and oh, you know what? I forgot to mention too. The myth no. of this of this record is that when Davey Havoc was singing the vocals, he was so so angry that he dug his fingernails so deep into his his own hand that he was bleeding while he was singing the doing the vocals. What? Is that is that because, true? Because his, yeah, because his, his fists were so were clenched so tight that his fingernails broke the skin on his hands that that's always been like the the myth the rumor of this record oh just cut your fingernails problem solved i'm just saying just saying just throwing that out there because i forgot to bring it up but but yeah anyway this record is um it it just i outside of all the nostalgia and and the greatness and what this record led to with other bands i mean if if you just take this as a single album like never heard it before this is just passion at its in its most pure form. And I love it. I, I love this record to death and we've already talked about, it, so I'm not going to touch upon it anymore, but yeah, perfect three out of three. Oh, cannot fuck with it. It's just, you cannot, you cannot mess with it. So okay. three out okay. of three okay. for, okay. for, for <laughs> AFI's shut your mouth and open your eyes, but you should have given this a three, three out of three too. I don't know why you didn't. Cause it wasn't perfect. That's why if it was perfect. I'd for sure. I'd give it a three point. But you can't even give it a reason why you don't think it's perfect. I, I did. Some of the songs are not unique enough. Some of the songs bleed together and are kind of similar. Dude, that, no, you're wrong. I think that was like one of the first things I said. You did. You did say that, but it's not true. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. It was a little bit longer, but hope everyone enjoyed. If you're still listening. Uh, stay tuned for the next next week's episode because it should be a good one too. I don't know. I mean, I do know actually. It's going to be good. Stay posy. Um, so yeah, my name is Tyler. Jeff's out there. Thank you for listening. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And you know what? As Everett once told us, that's it. That's all. That's all.
this record goes on Discogs for like 160 bucks. Oh, okay, that's fun. I'm, that's <laughs> great. That's three hot and ready, baby. Minutes. I don't know. This album's better than three hot and ready. Oh. <laughs> I like how you judge everything by hot and ready. It's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I say it in public oh too God. when I'm buying records. Like, damn, this is less than one hot and ready. So dumb. Like, you have no Absolutely. credibility. All credibility is is out the window. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Bye bye. Bye bye. You're done. Like, there's no. Is that a book? Is that what a tome is? A book? Is that just a cool way to call something a book? I think so. Wait. Oh, fucking a tome. Wait, is. I don't know. Let's see. Tome. I think tome's a book. T-O-M-E. It's like an old book. It is a book, especially a large, heavy, scholarly one. Stupid. What a bunch of cucks. Yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> The beginning of that 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 kind of almost pretentious era, yeah. Fucking, they they just bought a thethor. Oh, I can't even a say thethorith. They bought a thethorith. Like sound like Mike Tyson over here. Well, you had your AFI Thursday shirt. Like it was your it was your weekly because you had like five shirts that you wore on a weekly basis. That's like now too. Like I have like the same three or four shirts <laughs> I wear now. Like nothing's changed. 